Holy motherfucking shit. Okay, Marley, just say every cuss word you evidently know. <laughs> okay. Anyways, I am so excited for this interview. Um, this is all about social media and like the power of influencing and how this is a hundred percent a business and the hard work and all the crazy backroom deals. It is this interview is a hundred percent the reason I wanted to make this podcast was to get into the things like Instagram and the influencing world. And you could really see like how much is going into it. I'm not going to say how fake it is because this is people's lives, but like how much work it truly takes. So that one single brand post, how much does it take? So in this episode, I am joined by the lovely Haley Podell. Let's go. (laughs) So you want to be an it girl? Hey guys, welcome back to Confessions of a Wannabe It Girl. And today I am joined by Haley Podell, who also happens to be my boyfriend's sister. <laughs> Hi Just guys. a cute story. It's Haley. Yeah, so um, Marley and I actually know each other because obviously she is dating my brother. They've been together for like almost four years. Four now, years. So. We've known each other for a while, but I think it's interesting to know in this podcast that Marley and I have not always seen eye to eye. This is true. Or to each other. Sorry. But um, is it that? We haven't seen eye to eye. Each other. There you go. Yeah. Um, So it's like we've come such a long way. So long. And it's honestly incredible that we're sitting in this room together filming this. Oh my God. So true. It was a rocky start. It was a rocky start. Rocky, rocky start. (laughs) I remember you, you're going to kill me when I tell you this, but I literally remember like a year ago, uh, there's this couple in my hometown. They're like, whatever they're together and the sister and the girlfriend like love each other. And I remember crying to my mom on the phone and I'm thinking, Haley will never like me. Like Blake likes Blake. Like what do I do? And then we got COVID kittens. <laughs> I would like to note that I wasn't like an outright bully to Marley. <laughs> I just made it sound My so brother bad. and I, like I didn't purposely make her cry, but my brother and I are incredibly close and I'm just very protective, but you're a great sister. Did, yes. We did um, get COVID kittens, which happened because my mom and I, decided to foster two kids at the very beginning of quarantine. Um, and then we had, they were like two weeks old when we first got them. And then I don't know, by like week six, we pretty much came to terms with the fact that we were never going to be able to give them up. So I kept one and Marley and my brother Hunter kept the other. So we have sister kittens. kittens. <laughs> I knew you weren't going to give them back though. I knew, I knew from the second you got them. I was like, these cats are not going back. Yeah. Too, too loving that. of a family. Yeah. Too loving of a family. Too attached. Couldn't have been the better time. So that's a little bit about how background, background um, like Haley, how are you two years younger than me? I'm two years younger than you, three years younger than Hunter. Well, but we're only one year apart in, in school. school. Yeah. Right. Okay. So are you technically a Gen Z? No, I You're am, a millennial? I'm, the, I'm 1997. Well, it depends who you ask. I'm 1997. Yeah, so some people would say I'm the last year of millennial, but other people would say I'm the Did first you just year feel that? Or am no. I just having twitching legs syndrome? 
I did not feel anything. <laughs> Is there an earthquake? I'm confused. I don't think so. <laughs> okay. I don't think so. You're like Marley, shut I'm up. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay, sorry. I, you were saying, though, that you were... <laughs> I'm... The other people will say, depending on who you ask, I'm either the last year of millennial or the first year of Gen Z because I'm not. Okay. So you're, I thought I was right. Okay. So you're even more in the middle. Yeah. So I'm like homeless little, I don't know where I am. Wandering. Yeah. Wandering between the decades. Yes, exactly. So So cute. Um, okay. So how do you explain (laughs) to people what you do? Um, yeah, let's get into it. So I work in the beauty industry and I am what's called an influencer marketing manager. So basically I oversee our whole paid partnership program. So that basically means that I scout talent, uh, come up with offers, negotiate deals, write contracts, rewrite contracts. If anyone here is in law or anything like that would know how annoying red lines are, um, which is like when you send a contract to talent and their agency and they come back with all of their requests or their demands and whatnot, those are called red lines and those keep me up at night. Um, But so, and then also partnership management. So managing the entire partnership, the whole, you know, uh, scope of them posting, uh, approving all of their content, building the relationships with the influencer and their management. Um, and uh, it's remembering a lot of names. I will say, I will never forget your name. If you tell me your name, I can, I remember if I say I have 20 influencers going live in one month, I'll remember every single one of their names, their handle and all three. They, most people have around three, uh, agents to managers on their team. Wow. Remember all three of their agents and managers. Are a lot of the agents and managers the same? No, no, not at all. We work with, there's probably three companies that we work with the most, which is select slash and DBA, uh, slash UTA. Um, but yeah, they're all, Wow. I mean, we definitely do multiple deals with some of the same people, but I like today, for example, I was on the phone for literally five hours today with different agents because what happens, I've been in the industry for a little over two years now, and you become so close with a lot of these people Mm -hmm. that when you get on the phone with them to discuss a new deal, you know, um, make an offer, negotiate a contract, something like that. You end up being on the phone for hours because you're catching up with them. But that ends up working in your favor in the long run because they're going to do your do you solids when you're coming to them asking for a good rate on a deal and whatnot. So, yeah. So when you say talent, do you mean strictly influencers or do you mean all around? No. So it's not, I mean, it's definitely mainly influencers, but it's also all around. Like we work with some celebrities, um, a lot of celebrities. Well, I mean, it kind of depends what you consider a celebrity, but we work with a lot of real housewives, talk show hosts, people like that. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't say like Ashley Tisdale has worn our stuff before. Mm. Um, people like that. We work with a lot of celeb hairstylists. So it kind of depends, but most of our paid partnerships, the majority of them are with influencers. And those are where the interesting stories are from, especially when you work one-on-one with the influencer, because sometimes influencers won't have management depending on their size. And when they don't have management, that means that I personally 
manage their whole campaign for us. Um, And so, yeah, that's where stuff really gets interesting when there's no person going between us and it's just me kind of managing that influencer. So yeah, it's the independent contractor, like one that has no team in the way. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So I have so many questions already. (laughs) Like, did your job even exist like 10 years ago? I would definitely say it didn't. So, I mean, let's think back. So Instagram kind of became a big deal my freshman year of high school, which was in 2011, 2012. Um, So that's kind of when Instagram popped. And then I would say the whole influencer thing really took off maybe like two years after that. Mm Um, before that, obviously, you know, there were always streamers, YouTube was around before that. Um, but I wouldn't say that the word influencer was really like, it's, it, it, the word influencer has probably been around for like eight years, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously there's always been talent management and whatnot, but for example, one of the biggest talent management, uh, agencies in the world, UTA, United Talent Agency, uh, recently in the last two years, I want to say maybe even less than that, create started their whole own offshoot called DBA, which is Digital Brand Architects. Wow. It's a whole sect just for influencers. Right. So they created a whole sector of their brand just to manage influencers. So that kind of puts into perspective how big it is now. But yeah, my job definitely did not exist 10 years ago. There so. Were- you didn't go into college being like, this is the job I'm getting. Definitely not. I yeah. had no idea. I didn't know what I wanted to do until I got my first internship my junior year of college. And I and it was with a beauty company, a super small one. And I did um, PR and social media for them. So I did all the influencer gifting and I ran all their socials. And that was where I kind of fell in love and knew that I wanted to work in marketing and um, the beauty industry. So it's kind of funny, actually, how I got my job at my current company. I uh, originally applied because I followed one of the co-founders on Instagram. And she posted that they were hiring for a customer service position. And at this point, I was fresh out of college. I had literally just graduated, was looking for a job. LinkedIn, no one had gone back to me. Like I had applied for probably 50 jobs, had barely Mm -hmm. heard back from anyone. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to apply for this customer service position that I have no fucking experience in, but I don't care. I'm just going to shoot my shot. Right. So I apply, I get called in for an interview the next day. I go in, they ask me all these questions about customer service. Oh God. I literally am like so stunned. Don't know how to answer, but I'm a Leo. I'm amazing at bullshitting. (laughs) Also one of the, one of the, Definitely a main skill of an influencer marketing manager is being a good bullshitter Um, because of all those negotiations. Do you just make stuff up on the fly? My negotiation negotiation skills are through the roof at this point. But so (laughs) I'm like, I start talking during the interview. I start talking about all my marketing skills and how much I love marketing and this and that. And at the end of the interview, my now boss, he was like, so I'm going to be completely honest with you here. It doesn't really seem like you're a good fit for the customer service position. So I'm like, well, fuck, I blew it. And then he goes, but we'll see if there's um, like a marketing internship for you and we'll like, let you know. And I'm like, okay. So I leave the interview crying my fucking eyes out. I drive you. Yeah, oh I'm shocked. Well, because I'm like normally a good interviewer and that was yeah. like, 
I knew leaving, I was like, that's the worst interview I've ever given. Also, like, I wasn't prepared also. Haley is like, uh, this is plays back to our earlier conversation, like <laughs> not afraid to say what's on her mind, like so straight forward that like uh, the yeah, idea of you being shook yeah. is like shaking to yeah. me <laughs> to put it lightly i'm a bitch so <laughs> i didn't say um, it no, i, didn't I say know it. but but she's right like i'm very honest i'm very to the point i don't hold back um so yeah that was hard for me because it was a position i really wanted to i didn't care what position i got i just wanted to work for the brand because i loved the people that started the brand so you so were fans much. of them so i was fans of them prior because they had um they were the first two hires at another beauty brand that I looked up to a lot. They built it from the ground up. So they were the first two hires at a beauty brand that I'm, that I was a huge fan of. So I'd been following them for a while. So I didn't care what I had to do. I just wanted to get my foot in the door, which is great advice, by the way. Um, so anyways, I leave the interview bawling, crying. I drive, drive straight to my best friend Sophie's house. And I just am like, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. I'm like, pass me the bong. I like you can say anything. three huge hits in a row. I'm high as a kite. My whole office knows this story, by the way. <laughs> high as a kite. And my phone starts ringing. And oh, it's, no. It's this North Carolina number. And I'm like, who the hell? And normally when it's random numbers, I just will ignore it. But something told me to answer. So I pick up and it's my now boss. And he's like, Haley, this is blank, blank, you know, for my brand. And I'm like, so... He's the person you interviewed with. One of them. Yeah. One of I interviewed them. Interviewed okay. with it, it was three people in the room. Okay. Yeah. And I'm blasted out of my mind. Right? <laughs> I'm so fucking high. And he's like, "Yeah, we just want to offer you like an internship to be on our influencer relations." That was team. fast. Literally two hours after yeah. the interview, and I'm li- like high as hell. And I'm like, and he's like, "Can you start tomorrow?" So, sorry. <laughs> he's like, "Can you start tomorrow?" And I'm like, "Sure." So. The next day I walk into work and then I literally built our influencer program from the ground freaking up. I was the fourth hire, one of the fourth hires at the company. Wow. So when you got the Instagram account or like all that stuff, how many followers were there? We were at 40K. That's like a good starting base. Yeah. So I, I came on three months after our official launch. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we were at 40K and now we're at like 340K, I want to say. That's a good growth. Yeah. You're so proud and, of it. And I'm very proud of it. I've been there for um, a little over a year and a half now. So yeah, I would say I am quite proud of it. And the growth be. for, between the people we used to work with then and that we work with now is insane. And it's funny because we actually still do deals with, because I used to just be a gifting intern, an mm-hmm. unpaid gifting intern, I should add. It was an unpaid internship that obviously turned into my career. So as shitty as they are, honestly, sometimes you just got to take them because you never know what's going to mm-hmm. come out of it. But um, Also great advice. Yeah, my first ever paid partnership I ever did absolutely crushed it and we actually still work with her to this day oh yeah do you like have a special connection to that person yeah we have we have a pretty good relationship yeah I love that okay so seeing we're talking about influencers um okay so you talked a little bit about the agent and like so would you say most of them are rep by agents at this point or most are independent at this point like is it half and half so it kind of depends we have a lot of different sectors of the brand. So we have our content creator program, we have our gifting program, and then we have our paid partnership program. So I oversee paid partnerships. My coworker, Diana, oversees gifting. And so with the content creator program, that is people who are like, can be of any size. Doesn't matter. You can have one follower, you can have 
a hundred thousand. It's kind of just whoever is willing. So that person is typically a smaller influencer who receives free product in exchange for content. Wait, pause. What's small to you? (laughs) Anything under 100 K is. Yeah. See that blows my, my fucking mind because like, I mean, I'm over here trying to grow this Instagram or like even my own personal Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm still like in the mindset that 10 K is big. And you're like, no, (laughs) like, no, but that's not to say that you aren't don't have great engagement or create major content just because your following is considered small in the eyes of a brand doesn't mean that you're worth any less. It's just, yes, brands aren't as willing to pay smaller creators, but my best advice there is to work with these brands for free. Mm -hmm. And once you see them posting you on your page, always check always. If you, if a brand reposts you to their feed, always check to see how that photo did and say that photo got 4,000 likes when they average a thousand likes per per photo, go back to that brand and say, Hey, I would love to continue creating content for you. Look how great my photo that I made did on your feed. Let's let's sign a con- a content creation contract. You can pay me a hundred bucks a month mm-hmm. for this amount of content every month. You can kind of turn it into you know, work. But at first I would definitely say, accept the free work or free in exchange for, you know, gifted product and then build that relationship and then later turn it into a paid partnership because being under a hundred K it is tougher to get paid deals. Mm-hmm. But also if your engagement is through the roof, which by the way, TikTok helps amazingly with engagement. If you want to get your engagement up, go viral on TikTok. Yeah. And have your Instagram linked in your uh, TikTok account because the two correlate very much. So if you see wow. it, if you go look at any of the TikTok creators, Instagram accounts, their engagement is all off the fucking church. So, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So even in the time that you've been at your company, have you seen this industry become more professional, more like legit? Or oh my God. I mean, it's crazy because I... the girl, Some of the girls I used to work with in the very beginning who like, I literally helped. I like not, I wasn't their manager, but like, I gave them all the advice to start in the industry. Like if they ever had brand deals coming in, I would advise them on how to handle them and things like that. And now they're all so big that they like have their own management. So it's just like everyone, I mean, it's just crazy. The growth is amazing. I would say I absolutely owe it all to TikTok helping people grow so astronomically. Like it seriously can grow your following by a ton overnight. Um, but back to your question of does everyone pretty much have managers or agents? Um, no, not everyone. So typically the gifting people and the content creator people we work with do not have um, agents or managers. And sometimes we will, if there's content we really want, we will pay smaller creators and they typically don't have agents and managers. So I definitely, and some of the smaller like TikTok creators don't. So I definitely still work with some people who don't have management, but I would say the majority of people that we like started out with to now all have management now. Wow. Yeah. So there's definitely been a change. Oh yeah. It's crazy. It's oh, nice yeah. that you guys keep the fan though of like, all the ranges. Yeah. And that's probably also why it comes off so authentic. Exactly. We work with every type of influencer. There's no one that we're going to turn down, you know, that's unless great. like your content doesn't fit the vibe of the brand, <laughs> right. but it's, we wouldn't turn you down because of your size. Is right. The point that I'm making. Got that. That's awesome. So, all right, let's just pretend this is like a, the day. Like, I'm an influencer. You have decided that I'm a good fit for the ba- brand. 
And then we talk, we're like, we're going to do it. What happens now? So, so did I make you an offer already? And you accepted Ooh, my offer? I don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> like, I don't even fucking know. Okay. So let's put it, let's put an example. Yeah. Back it up then. <laughs> so let's say you have 800K and you have insane engagement. So you get like 200K like <laughs> per photo. So that's like, actually, let's make it some easier math. For me, actually, no. That's gonna. I'm gonna embarrass myself. I don't. I'm gonna embarrass myself. So don't. I was gonna try and do math, but should we call Hunter? (laughs) (laughs) My brother's really good at math. I didn't get that part of the brains in the family. I'm good at uh, writing and reading and all that. I've always like if we have kids, we're gonna have to get a tutor. (laughs) You're gonna have to do it. (laughs) I had a tutor my whole life. (laughs) Me too. um, So, for example, 800k, 200 thousand followers, whatever that engagement rate is, it's like above a 6% engagement rate by a lot. And we, um, tend to gravitate towards 6% and up on your engagement rate. There's a bunch of different influencer softwares that you can, uh, find that out by as well. Um, but so we'll say that you get 200,000 likes on your photos. That most likely means that you get at least 250,000 to 300,000 views on your stories. So since we're most likely going to do a story set deal, meaning that we would only have you promote us on your stories, since you average 300,000 views on your stories, we will lowball you at first. So we'll go out the gate with, we'll give you three grand for a story set. I just gasped. I didn't mean to gasp. That's, that's, that's a lowball. But that's again, a low ball. you have to remember that we're also a self funded startup okay. and we have no fucking money. See, but that no seems money. like so much. I'm like freaking I out. Know, but that's pretty low. I don't so think you've ever thrown me the numbers before. Yeah. So <laughs> in some cases, depending on my relationship with the agent or manager, um, they'll take that deal. But 300,000 views on your stories is a lot. So they'll probably counter with 5K mm-hmm. and we'll probably meet in the middle at 4K. So I would probably pay this person 4K for one story set, which again, by the way, is very low. Like mm-hmm. someone who is getting 300,000 views on a story could probably get from big brands that have been around for forever could probably get 10 plus K from brands wow. for one story. Um, so yeah, we so I would pay you 4K, right? So then I would write up the contract with all of the details of our deal. Um, it has all the legal jargon, which by the way, I write all of our contracts. So wow. I'm like getting, I'm not a lawyer. So I get like, again, we're a startup. So we all wear a lot of different hats. So I get like all my legal jargon from the internet and then have like my bosses fact check it and whatnot. <laughs> but yeah, so then I fill out the contract. I send the contract over to the management. They bring it back with red lines, which normally is like crossing out the termination clause. Uh-huh. Um, they will normally add a pay or play clause, which means even if they don't like, even if they don't deliver the content that we requested, we still have to pay them. So we'll never really sign con- unless it's a good friend. We'll never really sign contracts that have a pay or play clause because um, we could get screwed. Right. Um, and so then we'll figure out the red lines. Sometimes figuring out red lines can take weeks depending on like what their demands are, what they're like unhappy with in the contract. Um, and then once I, I sign, they sign the contract, then I sign the contract, then I'll send them a creative brief, which is like a whole overview of the company itself. It's like a deck, yeah. what we call okay. a deck. Um, and it has every product in it. And then they get to, we like direct them sort of in what type of products to choose, but we also let them take a little leeway on what they want to promote. 
because we know we typically only work with people who are fans of the brand. It just, okay. it just comes off so much more authentic that way. So I'll never really work with someone blindly. If I'm interested in working with someone, I'll reach out and say, let me send them product first. If they like the product, then we can move forward because it just comes off so much more authentically. And we want authentic girls. That's like what we look for. So then... Once we send the creative brief, it has talking points in it. It has facts about, you know, all the products and whatnot. And then we'll set content dates. So content delivery date and a go live date. So on the content, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you're good. And then in that, does it say what you can't do? Yes. Okay. It says that we have do's and don'ts, um, like specifics, like the lighting must be this way. The mm-hmm. camera quality must be this way. You can't wear any shirts with uh, like logos. logos or cuss words or anything on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things like that. You have to uh, like appear a certain way. You know what I mean? So there's guidelines. There's, too. there's a lot of guidelines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then they'll deliver content on the de- content delivery date. I will review the content. Mm-hmm. A lot of times the content isn't what we want it to be. <laughs> and in the contract, we normally, we get one round of edits, meaning mm-hmm. we can ask them to refilm again per so say we were, we're doing four story sets. So I can technically ask them to refilm each of those story sets one time. Wow. Um, but that is not good for a relationship. So mm-hmm. we typically don't do that. Um, so I'll review the content normally because our creative brief is so thorough. The content is always up to par, always what we want it to be. So I approve it. I send them over their swipe up link, their code. They always have a code and a swipe up link mm-hmm. because we track ROI so heavily. Because what is we are, that? Oh, sorry, <laughs> return on investment. Okay, I'm like so, what? <laughs> so if we if we pay someone 10k, we want to make 10k back okay. because we are so low budget. ROI is everything to us. So we are like very very focused on that. So. We measure KPIs, which are key performance indicators. We measure key performance indicators by ROIs, which is return on investment. A lot of other brands measure KPIs by brand awareness, like how many views. They don't care if they make their money back. They just care about how many views, how many new eyes they reach, which is also called EMV, which means earned media value. (laughs) Yeah. What? There's a lot lot more lingo in this than I I thought. I know. Um, But so once we receive that content, we yeah send the swipe up link, the code. Then I immediately take that content over to our ads team who then edits the video and repurposes it as an ad. And then the influencer goes live. And once the influencer goes live, we use a software called Grin, which is my favorite influencer software in the world. And we track their code conversions and their link clicks. Wow. So how many people swiped up and you know how many people use their code and how much money they, how much revenue they drove to the site. So we track all of that. And then we just, that's how the partnership continues. Damn. On. Yep. It's just way more. This is a business. Oh yeah. It's so hands-on. This is hundred percent. My, my days go one of two ways. Either I'm on my email all fucking day long or a day like today when I'm on my phone from literally dawn till dusk. Right. Today I was on the phone with managers all day long. Cause like I was telling Marley earlier, you become, I think I already said this, but you just become so friendly with them. You like catch up with them every time you talk, but that's building relationships is like the sole part of the business. Right. You're always going to have that no matter where, no matter where I go, I'll always have those relationships. 
relationships. So, which is yeah. honestly the, I think the key, and I, I, it took me a long time to even realize this in the acting industry. That's the key of any careers. hundred percent. Who, you know, were you nice? Were you not a dick? Like, you <laughs> yes. know, or if you were, were you respectfully a dick yes. and got like pats on the back for like holding your ground? Exactly. There's that too. Okay. But I, something jumped in my mind. You brought up termination. So what happens when someone gets canceled? So we actually had an instance not too long ago where we had just signed a contract, finished red lines, got all the contracts back. We were ready to go to move into the partnership. And three days before the girl's content delivery date, which thank God she hadn't filmed yet, but three days before the girl's content delivery date, a child porn scandal. No, that's like the worst of the worst. (laughs) And it was like what I woke up to on Daily Mail. And it was so awkward because we're really good friends with her management team, her agency. So I had to draft up an email right away and let them know that we couldn't, even if she filmed the content, we couldn't move forward with the partnership. And there was nothing they could do. I mean, they were getting, I'm you know, sure they were getting emails left and right of people canceling the partnerships, but yeah. So it, it was, happens. It, it happens. And then on other um, circumstances, there's breach of contract. So like mm-hmm. the exclusivity clause, which is like, we're a hair brand. So we say uh, we have, we basically buy when we pay these influencers, we're also basically buying exclusivity. Right. You're buying them out. They won't work with other hair extensions, hot toy brands. I mean, exclusivity is different for every deal we do, depending on. That's so true of the acting industry too. Like if you do a Pepsi commercial, you can't do Coke. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And you wouldn't because it wouldn't make any sense. Right. So um, if someone breaches the exclusivity clause, that's also grounds for termination. So we've had a few instances where, We've had to terminate because of that. And also we've had instances where we like just renegotiated a whole deal for like a lesser amount because Mm -hmm. they breached the contract, but we still wanted to work with them. So yeah, the termination thing does happen a lot and it is never a fun conversation, but yeah. So awkward. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. So what in, in that regards, like, what is it actually working like with influencers? Like, is the stereotypes real? Are they fake or some nice or some awful? I would say that I honestly can't speak to the stereotype of like running into an influencer outside and asking them for a picture because I think influencers treat people, brands, people in the industry a lot different than they would treat someone on the street. Mm -hmm. I've definitely had diva encounters and whatnot, but I've never had like a storybook encounter like you hear on the internet. So I, I would say that I'm sure there are definitely some influencers that live up to, you know, the stereotype. And I'm literally have like five names floating in my head right now that I legally cannot say, but we're like, not trying to get fired. <laughs> yes. Um, not trying to get a cease and desist, but yeah, I, I personally have had a handful of encounters with influencers that were definitely a little icky. Like, for example, this one influencer who's actually probably more of a celebrity than an influencer, I would okay. say. Um, everyone would definitely know her. She's friends of a fam- famous family. Um, but she created horrible content. 
Mm. Some of these people that we pay, we pay because they're a face and a name, not because they create good content. It's mainly just for visibility for the brand. Um, so she created horrible content and it was like so bad that it was practically unusable. Oh my God. So we had to terminate. Uh, she refilmed the video like three or four different times. And we eventually were like, this isn't worth it. We can't use any of this. So right. We, your time is like really valuable. Right. So we had to terminate the contract and it did not go over well. We got a whole diva spiel and uh, from her, from the team, from her because, <gasps> well, okay. Here's another thing that people do. So some, I won't say some, it's actually quite a few. And I can always tell when it's happening. A lot of influencers will pretend to be their own management or it will be like a boyfriend, a husband, their mom. Oh my God. The and, actors do this too. And, yes. So they'll pretend like they're an official manager or like they have in-house management, you know, but it's so easy to see through because mm-hmm. it's so unprofessional. They don't really know how to negotiate. Um, they talk to us in a way that no manager would actually talk to someone when trying to build that relationship. So it's always very easy to see through. So in this situation, um, we had a previous relationship with this person. And so she was pretending to be management, even though it was very clearly herself. Um, and it sucked honestly, because due to us terminating the contract, it put, like a lot of strain on the relationship that someone else in our company had with her. So, I mean, it's, I would definitely say there are some influencers that live up to the stereotype, but when influencers are working with brands, they more or less know to be on their best behavior. Right. But that is not to say that I haven't, that I don't have some horrors. Have you met a lot of them? I mean, obviously pre COVID. <laughs> so pre COVID. Yes. Mm-hmm. We had people coming into the office all the time. I would, we would have, you know, agents and managers coming into the office all the time for meetings. I have one good story. So my, oh, do tell. So my, I actually have quite a few, but this one's my favorite. Um, my boss used to manage Jake Paul. And so they've stayed good friends. He's kind of a mentor to him and whatnot. So one day when we were in the office, I was still an intern at this point. Um, it was like a month before I got hired on full time. We were all, this was when we had one office, one desk, and there would be like six of us. There were like eight of us at the whole company, including our three co-founders. So like six of us were, would be around one desk. And then like, you know, we, we would just all be crammed in this real startup feel. Yes. Real startup feels my boss. Um, was like, Hey guys, like Jake's coming in today. We're going to have like a little meeting and we're all like, okay. I'm like, what the fuck? Do you like, like, or you're like, you're like, whatever. We're a beauty brand. It's kind of off. Yeah. I don't don't (laughs) fucking care about Jake Paul. I know all I know is like his brother's an asshole, whatever. I can Um, get them confused all the time. (laughs) I don't know who's So, so my boss goes out and gets him and he brings him in and he introduces him to everyone. And I don't know if he was expecting like a more animated reaction. Like Jake, I don't know if Jake was expecting like a more animated reaction or what, but my boss um, is like, Hey guys, this is Jake. And we're all like, Hey Jake. Like, you know, we're just like, hi, you know, whatever. No one's like, Oh my God. It's Jake like wrong, 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 yeah, wrong crowd. Wrong crowd. And so Jake comes in all hot with his big ass headphones around his neck, dressed in all these colors, you know, just being himself. And he goes, 
sup squad <laughs> and it has been a running joke literally ever since because he says that we all just burst into laughter and now every time my boss enters one of our meetings or anything he always starts with sup squad and we're always <laughs> like oh my god um it's actually kind of adorable but then later that same day so no one was excited to meet jake paul which no shade to him or he's a cool person. You're doing your thing. He's just not our crowd. Um, Wrong so thing. later that day, another influence or another agent in the space who herself has run into a lot of uh, drama lately. We don't work with her very closely anymore because of it. But she was in the midst of trying to sign Kombucha Girl, mm-hmm. Brittany Broski on uh, Instagram. She had just popped off the Kombucha Girl video, had just gone viral. Um, and so later that same day after the Jake Paul thing, I had no idea that she was coming. And I walk into this room that we shared with another company and I stopped dead in my tracks and I literally like, like audibly gasped <laughs> while like kombucha girl and, um, the couple other people in my company were like discussing something and she starts dying laughing. I literally run out of the room because I'm like so starstruck by I love that about starstruck. Oh, yeah. Jake Paul, I didn't give a fuck. Kombucha <laughs> girl though. My God. So I walk back in and she's recording me with her phone because she knew like I was going to have a funny reaction. And I was like, holy shit, you're kombucha girl. Like, oh my God. And then we hung out like the whole rest of the day. Aww. And she's to this day, probably one of the coolest influencers I've ever met. Um, and there's, I've, and I've been to a couple before the shutdown, I had been to a couple influencer events and they're honestly, so they're all so all the people that I've met at events have always been so gracious and so amazing. Another really amazing influencer is named Orpha Zanali and she's like an OG in the space. And she was one of the nicest people I've ever met. She genuinely like wanted to go get lunch with me. The shutdown happened shortly after, but yeah. So, I mean, some live up to the stereotype. Some do not. But all don't suck. Yeah. Okay, good. Kombucha girl, favorite. favorite Oh, we'll at her. (laughs) Please follow. (laughs) She actually, we do follow each other. That's actually so so cute. Yeah. Very cute. We love that. Okay. But so this, you know, industry gets called shallow and low all the time. And like, you're saying there's some great people in it, which is, I, I think is true of every industry. There's mm-hmm. always the people that sucks. There are always the people that are great. 100%. But also, like, do you love it? I am obsessed with it. Uh, I think that's clear from how much I won't shut the fuck up right now. <laughs> but uh, I, I do love it. And... I like days like today when I'm on the phone with people who have become my friends, even when we're like going back and forth, like 20K, no 30K, no 20K, 30K, fine, 25K. You know what I mean? Even when we're going back and forth, like literally fighting about rates, we'll like start laughing about how we both had COVID like right after that. Right. Sorry. Not that that's funny. Not that it's funny. It's just like we both survived it and like we're just, we're friends. So it's like, we'll literally be fighting about rates that we want. I want to pay an influencer and then we'll like go back to laughing a second later. So it's like, I'm such a people person. I just love building relationships and I love working with these influencers and I love the out, the outcome. Like I love seeing the content that they made go out there. I love seeing there's nothing better than finding a new influencer who just crushes for the brand. Like Mm -hmm. I had a new girl go live Sunday. Who's uh, one of the biggest male beauty influencers in the industry is like best friend. And she absolutely crushed for us. She 
killed it. And there's like no better feeling than finding someone who could like potentially be a new face for the brand. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I get a high from it. I love it so much. That's nice. That's like nice to hear though. But like, that's true. Like new blood works hard and like, it's so, I feel like it's so cool even to like see I, th- I think about it more with acting, but when I see an actor who I saw have like a two line role and then I'm like, mm-hmm. holy fuck, like you just got a series regular role and you're yeah. like so excited. Even though I had nothing to do with the journey, you actually did. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I feel like I was supporting. I always DM them though and tell them. So that's me and my yeah. wannabe world. But, um, okay. So you brought it up. So I'm going to ask it. What's the biggest deal you've ever made? Um, so the biggest deal I've ever made was also the longest negotiation I've ever been through. It was a two month long negotiation and I can't say how much money it was or anything like that, but it was quite large. Um, we consider anything over 20 K like an absolutely huge deal, So yeah, that's, but it was a two month long negotiation and it, excuse me, was hell. Was it worth it? Yes. It ended up paying off in the end. We actually just recently finished that partnership and are trying to renew. So it'll be our like now new, (laughs) your next two months deal. Um, yeah. So (laughs) negotiating that again will be my next two months. But, um, yeah, the other thing is, is some of these agents are so damn hard to get a hold of and really you're just chasing them around and some of them never pick up and everyone has assistance, but sometimes their assistants aren't even like proactive in getting you answers and things like that. So like you're, you gotta be on it. You're Mm -hmm. chasing a lot of people around and you're, I mean, I wake up to like, I'll wait, I'll go to sleep with an empty inbox. I'll wake up to 30 new emails. And then throughout the day, I'll also receive like 30 more emails. And every single email requires not only a response, but like a solid amount of back and forth within that one day. So like, so your email is texting basically. Yeah. Uh, And when I have, when it's a management manager or an agent that I can text, oh my God. Like it's so much nicer because it's just quicker. Right. And I actually, my intern finally started this week. So I now finally have some help, but yeah, it's crazy. We do, we do some big deals. That's <laughs> We actually, nuts. this, this year is going to be a lot bigger for us this year. We haven't quite done a, um, six figure deal yet. So I just gasped. <laughs> so we'll definitely, stop. this, this year we'll definitely be ha- our first six, a six figure deal will happen this year. So I'm really excited for that. So on that note, I'm just like putting it out there because in my mind, I'm like somebody who feels like I know a lot about Instagram and by a lot, I would think I know more than maybe your average Joe, yeah, definitely. but at the same time, it's just like the whole point of this podcast is like showing that this stuff is like business and it's work. And there's so much more behind it than just like click and post, click and post, like throw, throw a few hashtags in there. Like mm-hmm. the, the, there's a, a lot of money on the line. B there's like full careers. There's teams and teams, which in my mind is families and families that are fed off of this kind of stuff. 100%. It's like, it's just like, it's crazy that the illusion is that this looks like it's such a simple career. Yeah, absolutely fucking not. Okay, see, love that. <laughs> like, our content creators work their fucking asses off. And they're not even getting paid, which I, I do think is fucked up. But working at a startup, like, I can't really say that because we literally have no money. But, like, a lot of these content creators work for free, but they're every day because they're like, you know, starting out, but then they do eventually get Mm -hmm. paid contracts, but their every day looks like going out on the streets, 
doing six outfit changes, shooting mm-hmm. content and campaigns for six different brands, you know, coming home, editing all those photos, submitting them all to brands, some brands sending back edits and having them to having to have to redo all of their shoots. Like, and then on top of that, they're reaching out to brands. They're trying to collab with people. They're trying to get paid. Like it's, it is a full fucking time job. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the one thing that does bother me about the industry is yeah, people call it shallow and whatnot. And maybe it is a little bit, because I guess it's kind of based off looks and your style and what's but at the same time, like it, it, you, your work ethic has to be insane. And I respect that so much. So, I mean, my, my best advice for people who are trying to grow their account is to first of all, invest in a decently nice camera. If you want to be doing like product shots and things like that, or a nicer iPhone, like mm-hmm. a nicer, newer iPhone. Cause that camera is amazing. Um, and reach out to brands and say, I will work. I will shoot content for you for free for three months. Mm-hmm. You can even, uh, another thing we haven't talked about is ads access, which means brands running ads through your Instagram. So that's when you're scrolling through your feed and it'll say Marley Fraging and then under it, mm-hmm. it'll say sponsored. Right. Um, so you say, reach out to any brand you want to work with and just say, I will create content for you for free for three months. And you can have my ads access for three months with all the content that I create for the brand. If you like what I'm making and you want to continue working together, it doesn't have to be three months. It can be one month and you want to continue working together. We will then move into a $500 a month partnership or whatever it is. So if you want to grow, the best way to grow is by doing giveaways with brands and other um, creators and working for free and having them post you on your channel, but don't work for free for too long because you will get taken advantage of, but definitely it's good to introduce yourself to the brand by working for them for free and creating content that they love and performs well on their page and their socials. Wow. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Like I'm also just like, I remember even when you started working for this company, it's like, it's insane how much I've even seen it grow. And then also on top of it, it's like, I'm looking at you and I'm like, you have a 100% hustle job that is completely backstage that somebody in Iowa would have no idea exists. Right. It's mind fucking blowing, but I do have to say, I am so fucking proud of you. Thank you work you. so hard for your job. Like Thank you hustle you. so hard. And like, I, I mean, I think it's like so admirable and you also talk about it. It's so great. I'm going to just say it. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. I am so lucky that I know someone who can talk about this so eloquently. You're so cute. Well, no, you fucking crushed it. Um, I think this has been also super, and I feel like I knew this and I'm like, this has been so educational. (laughs) I'm like, should I have been taking notes? So I want to say, Haley Podell, thank you guys so much for (laughs) listening. Thank you, Haley, for being on. And Thanks for having me. Let oh me know god. if you guys want me to come back. I feel oh my like god, there's I still have so to much more. I can there's talk so much about. we could talk about. Um, I also one last thing. Yes. Parting note: I knew absolutely none of this before starting. This was my first job right out of college. My brand put complete trust in me. I learned everything I knew while working at the brand itself. So I was literally I'm so underqualified for this position, and I grew in the position, and now I have all this knowledge. So. If you're fresh out of college, just fucking take the unpaid internship. It's going to suck ass, but you never know. Go for the jugular. I always say go for the jugular. Get your foot in the door. Apply for that customer service position. (laughs) If you suck at customer service, just get your fucking foot in the door and you'll be good. Try and try again. Yeah.
Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Once again, thank you so much, Haley, for recording this with me. It was so insightful, and I can't wait to have you back. And also on that note, we have a TikTok. It's called Wanna Be It Girl Confessions. I did go viral twice. Uh, And then I got drunk this week and haven't uh, kept up posting. It's fine. I'll get back to it. But uh, follow us on TikTok, and we'll see you next week.